Hello there, I am Leah Gimentellis, the principal of Bryden's Lawyers, and welcome to Law Pod. This is episode two of our conversation with Brad Fittler, the coach of the New South Wales State of Origin Blues. I hope you enjoy. Now, I know from spending time with you socially that fatherhood is incredibly important. You've got two wonderful kids, mm. and a lot of the credit, of course, has to go to their mother for that. Great, great. Yeah, of course. Well, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. I didn't want to bring it up, but it's, <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> Absolutely obvious. But all right, let me, let me ask you about the transition from fatherhood to state of origin coach. Are you, are you their father? Is there any element of fatherhood in the way that you approach them? No, no. Oh, I think you get that feeling. There's definitely a paternal sort of feeling you get when you coach because you need to be responsible. So it's, it's just very important you get yourself in order because that's the role. Um, if you want to do it well, anyone can coach. If you get a good enough team, anyone can coach. So but if you want to do it well, you need to make sure yeah. you've, got your, you've got everything in your life in order and that's the discipline part I really like. That's the, you know, and that's the part sometimes that can go just as easy as well when you start to enjoy too much. So I don't see so much as a paternal with the players, but I know when I've got my own life in order, I know footy, and you just got to get there and just back yourself whatever you're trying to deliver. Mm. Now, you've coached at the NRL level as well as Origin. There's got to be a difference between the two, I would have thought. With Origin, you're getting the best of the best players, mm. and it's all about man management, getting the team to gel, getting the right culture. With an NRL team, of course, you take them on from you know the first of November preseason and work them way for mm. a thing. Can you compare the two? I mean, I'm sure you enjoyed both and whatever, but they would have their different challenges, of course. The the club foot is a lot tougher, mm. without a doubt. Origin's just an unbelievable experience. Like it's intense. That period, you know, it's a nine week period where you just it's extremely intense and the footy's intense and you know. When you get these players, they're the best players. It doesn't mean they're the easiest players. They're also, you know, there's the challenges as well and the challenges in picking the team and there's a, there's a lot of challenges involved. You know, that's before you kick the ball off. With club football, you're dealing with so much more. You know, you're really dealing, you're dealing with a lot more. So uh, they're, they're very different, but the game's the same. Uh, winning's the same. You know, you just got to somehow get them to hold the ball and be patient and, you know, treat pressure the right way. And if you do that, you give yourself a chance. And and in all the games we've lost, so we've won, uh, what do we play, three years? So we've won five and lost four. And in every one of those four games, we've had the ball at the end trying to score. And we've been within a try. So it says that we're on the right path. You're not going to win all these games, but we're on the right path. I I know what you mean about club footy and being a coach. I spent a bit of time with Madge McGuire, of course, with the West Tigers. And it's just that you've got to touch so many uh, things as a club coach not only are you training the players but you're like a mentor or you know you're like an advisor you're like a confidant and then you cross over into recruitment and retention and you've got to make these really difficult decisions and you've got to go back and face the boys of course so it really creates this conflict between your role when you're working for you know the, the front office and when you're working as their mentor yeah. and so I think tough. Ma- oh, it's very tough Madge, tough, Madge says it's terrible and I know that you know some players have actually approached Madge and just said you know it makes it incredibly difficult for the players as well you mm. know because we want you to be with us we want you to be on our side but with recruitment and retention you can't ignore the coach's role in that either well you don't have any of that fuss no. with, um, you don't have to worry about recruitment and retention at state of origin yeah. level we, we try to follow the line that we just make sure that at the time the the players priority is rugby league sometimes players get caught in moments when they're uh, they're talking about contracts and you know their own life gets seems to get in front of actually playing so we find if we pick the players that priorities is rugby league you're normally better off. Mm, agreed. All right, State of Origin 2021. You'll be going into camp you know, before you know it. Uh, you'll have an idea in the 
back of your head, I'm sure, as to the rough makeup of the team. There are a couple of obvious ones. Teddy, of course, uh, tr- uh, Tommy Turbot. He's been great for us, so really interested in watching how he goes, mm. obviously. Right. Okay. The people like the Fox and others, of course, they all speak for themselves. But there are a number of interesting names being thrown around. I mean, the young ones coming through. And you've had your, your train-on squads and you've had your development squads over the years. But without without naming too many of them, though... I know that you identified young Stefano Utakamanu, I think, yeah. a while ago. Are you surprised the way he's come on for the West Tigers? No, not at all. No, I'm surprised it's taken this long, actually. Okay. Um, he's still young, though, isn't he? Very young. Yeah, and what had happened when he comes through in the 16s and 18s, and I coached him in those junior grades, he had some, he had some career-ending injuries. I, feel, I think he had a knee, maybe. He had a shoulder. Like I said, he's had some big operations. And it is one thing that when I was coaching... It was becoming very obvious just the load on kids coming through, uh, how much sport they were playing, and uh, it was it was very hard to get a a grasp on. You know, they had club, school, rep, touch. They were playing at all these different levels, so a lot of these kids are worn out. When I come through, I can't remember anyone doing a knee mm. or a shoulder or you know, like and those sort of things didn't happen until at least your mid twenties. So we need to be careful with the way the the load we're putting on. But no, I, you know, he's a he was the best of them when mm. at his age group when he was younger. So I'm assuming it's only going to take a bit of time, and then he should be pushing for that mantle again. Well, at the beginning of the preseason with the West Tigers, I was told that you know he had a, a fair bit of work to be to get through, and by the end of the preseason, he was pushing for a starting spot. You know, he's, and he's mm. on the bench in the first three games because he's he's improving over that time. His commitment, and whatever, has just been phenomenal. Everyone, everyone yeah. is extremely happy with the way he's just put in. And I don't want to identify just one out of the entire team, but as I say, he's a very impressive young player. So far as Origin is concerned then for this year and development squads and, and all that, when, when do you start notifying players? I mean, how soon before do you start getting them ready? The only contact we have, we had some contact in January. Normally you have some contact in December and January. They're part of the players' agreement with the league. And so we just got together, had a chat about the series last year and then just moved on really, went and had some dinner together and had a bit of a... just. A general sort of night out. And the next time we'll get them is when we name the team. Mm. That is pretty much it. We, we'll be 10 days before the first game, which is June 9. Saying it could you this year, so back to where we were old, in 2018. Old school, yeah. Old school, yep. it's apparently it's all been brand new, done up, all fresh. So um, the use of the surf club down there we love as well. It's something that worked really well. I love the ocean, you know, players... Mm. In and around training mm. and, you know, being on the grass, being in the ocean, I just love it. I just think it works so well. And that's a really good spot to do it, could you? It's got a good little vibe there in amongst the town, so mm. there's enough for the players to do to on their on their downtime. So it's it's a good place. Yeah. I couldn't get to Adelaide last year because of COVID, so I can't comment, but I know Melbourne does it well, uh, mm. Origin. Uh, last time we went down there was just phenomenal. Um, it's a it's a great calendar this year, you know Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney. It really is, and you got this, the Sunday game, I think in Sunday in uh, Brisbane, S- Sunday in Brisbane, whatnot, which would be interesting. That'll yeah. be interesting up there, and then back to Wednesdays for the Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Brisbane's well, ever had a Sunday Origin. Uh, Maybe way back in the day they used to play Sunday Origins. I think I think Tuesday was pretty much about the only day they mm. never played an Origin. So well, one of the last Origin games ever played before State of Origin, the the old New South Wales versus Queensland, was at Leichhardt Oval. Yeah, right. And I think they had six hundred people there. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, people just completely lost interest by the time. If it hadn't been for State of Origin, that that, that would have just phased out completely. I suspect. Uh, all right, then uh, fan question: If you could pick any person to come down to the sheds at halftime in an Origin match 
and give an inspiring talk mm. to the team, who would it be? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Have you heard anyone yourself? Has anyone inspired you? Any speeches? Phil Gould always gave a great speech. His awareness of the moment was incredibly impressive. So I think if I had to, plus he knows the game very well. Yeah. Phil Gould. Yeah, look, I, I don't know Phil that well. I've met him a couple of times. But I know that those who do know him well speak very highly of him. I know Pasco, for example, has fairly regular contact with him and whatnot. But he, yeah, you're right, he's a very impressive speaker, um, very impressive knowledge and understanding of the game. And mm. I think that's why people reach out to him so often. Brad, this has been incredibly enjoyable. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah. I avoided the obvious questions, things like, you know, where did the name Freddie come from? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've been asked that a million yeah, Jack times. Jack Gibson, anyway. Yeah, so. that's fine. Uh, your thoughts on Jack? Jack? Yeah, he was – so I played my first Origin there and then he used to come into the sheds when I was towards the back end of my career at the Roosters and he just had this aura. He'd just always come up every game. He'd come up, he'd just say hello and there's, there's a couple of things. He never used to say much other than he just, you know, a quick chat about the game and I think he respected our team. He liked the way our team went about things and a couple of things that he did say, he said, you can never kick a ball too high which uh, it came to him one day in a mm. game when there was like no time left and it was amazing. I just come and I just thought, yeah, right, I'm just going to kick it. And the fullback dropped it, Finchie picked it up and we scored and won the game. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, and the other one was um, he said, don't play tennis or squash. Okay. And it was before the 2000 semi-final series or the major semi. I, I thought playing a game of tennis would be a good idea and I twisted my ankle. Oh, so I carried it. Twisted ankle into the last couple of games, two most important games of the year. Like it was just the mm. dumbest thing you could ever do. So, uh, two great bits of advice, and and that's how they were said, very very subtly. And did you get the advice about tennis before you played? Uh, yes, I got it back. <laughs> well, the tennis and squash one comeback was, oh, okay. was like in 1990. Oh, okay. You know, and then it ended up sort of costing me ten years later. Like mm. how dumb was I? Seriously. Well, Wayne Pierce tells a very good Jack Gibson story about meeting late at night once in a car park because uh, he was desperate to get him out of Balmain and into Parramatta. And Wayne says he was very close to going, and it's, you know, it's just yeah. that his heart was like hard, and he wasn't going anywhere. So thank, thank God for that. Let me assure you. He was a pretty impressive bloke. No, very I liked true. his company. Ah, oh, look, everyone's big. Very, I, and I, I see sometimes. I mean, I didn't know the man, of course, but um, from what you see and what you hear, there's parts of the parts of uh, that I see in Wayne Bennett as a coach. Mm. That sort of similar sort of approach. Yeah. 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 Less talking. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. It, well, yeah, if you can say something in five words, say it in five words as opposed to 50. You know, just get it's your hard. point across. Yeah, some, for some of us it is hard. <laughs> it's particularly, hard. Particularly those who get paid by the word. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyers. <laughs> Anyways. All right, listen, it's been incredibly enjoyable for me. And as I say, I've known you for now for some time and I really appreciate that you've taken the time out mm -hmm. to come and have a chat to us. All our listeners at LawPod will no doubt respond in kind. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for your support of our game. No, it's no, awesome. no, no, love Fantastic. it. Absolutely love it. In fact, it was funny. I was up at uh, Newcastle on the weekend for the West Tigers and the Newcastle game, wearing one hat as the sponsor of the Newcastle Knights, uh -huh. and to change my hat, go downstairs as the chairman and major sponsor of the West Tigers. But it's funny how even all the the, the fans and members and the public understand. They get it. Yeah. You know, even as chairman of the West Tigers, I sponsor other clubs, but they understand why we sponsor other clubs. There's yeah. a there's a commercial arrangement there. But you're chairman of the club that, that you love, and that's that's where your passion is. But yeah. the commercial enterprises are different. But the clubs that we do choose, like, you know, we sponsor South and um, Newcastle. They're great clubs. Yeah. And yeah, Newcastle's a great place. You used to love playing at Newcastle. Like, great other people, than playing Joey people. and the team was always competitive. But yeah. the crowd, they, they're a very educated rugby league crowd. And you, you knew that when they were on your back and you knew when they were, you know, getting into the referee and 
Yeah. Sometimes all, they got the better of the ref normally. Uh, all very true. I love going up there. I grew up on the Central Coast, so for yeah, me, right. Newcastle is like second home. I really enjoy it. Well, thank you very much again. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Law Pod. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I know that Freddie's a, a big fan of all the social media stuff. You won't see me there. No, no, that's fair enough. And if you have any particular questions or any requests, email us directly at lawpod at So on my behalf, thank you very much and thank you all for listening.